We're going to get into the, the book of John. We're going to start a series uh, in John. We're going to go through the whole book of John, 21 chapters. Everybody up for that? Yeah. You say that now with a lot of enthusiasm, but about uh, chapter 12, we're all going to be very weary, and I'm going to want to be done. So you're going to have to exhort me to keep with it, right? Because I have a bit of ADHD, and I'd rather move on to a shorter book and do something fun again. Um, but perseverance is a good thing. We're a Bible-teaching church. We believe that the Bible is uh, life and breath and that it is, when we apply it to our life, it changes everything. And so we want to get into John and we're just going to get after it verse by verse. How many of you guys have ever read John before? Wow, a lot of you. That's awesome. Okay, so how many of you guys are really familiar with John 1.1? 1, 1? Yeah, like if I read it, you're going to be like... Because, I mean, I was reading it this week and I was like, I've read this so many times I'm on like robot mode. Okay, so in just a second, I'm going to read it for you again, but I'm going to read it to you from the first Bible I ever read cover to cover. This is a, a really special Bible to me. It's a New Living Translation, so it's going to be a little different, and you're going to have to bear with me because I've read it like 10 times, and I'm like chopping it up because it's not normal. <laughs> it's not the way I would read it, right? And so uh, you're going to have to bear with me. Just a few facts about John to get started. You want to write these down? Uh, you can write them right here at the top of your Bible, okay? Right here where it says John. This is what I just write in my Bible. I just write this thing so I don't forget it for later. And this is going to be good information for you as you go forward. So here it is. Um, John. Who wrote John? John. Well, that was easy. Uh, the book is actually called According to John. <laughs> John wrote it, but which John? So there's a, a lot of debate about this now. There was never really any debate about this before because uh, Polycarp and Arrhenius and all these guys, they, they all said, they were discipled by John. They all said, like, John wrote it. Um, but why it gets confusing is John never says he wrote it. He talks about the writer, and he says it's the disciple that was loved by Jesus, but he never says I'm the guy, it's John the Apostle. And uh, so that's why there's a little confusion, but it's Jephani, John the Apostle, one of the inner three, one of Jesus' disciples, one of the inner three, maybe his best friend. Now, if Jesus' best friend wrote you a letter about Jesus, what do you think? I'd be like, uh-huh, I'm gonna read that. This guy knows Jesus. So that's what we're dealing with, and I'm so excited. Now, um, it was written in A.D. 85 to, 80, uh, to 90, okay? So somewhere between 85 and 90, I wasn't there, so I don't know for sure, but I'm going to say with all of the historical evidence that we have, that's about the time it was written. There's some key words. You could write these down. Believe. Believe is the key word, okay? 98 times in John, he's going to say this, believe. And it is also included in the purpose he wrote the book. So believe. There's also words like life 36 times, light, witness, glory, signs, all key words. Now I want you to take your Bible and I want you to open it to John chapter 20 because every once in a while, an author of a book will like just tell you why he wrote the book. And John does that in John chapter 20, verse 30. And while you're turning over there, just one other thing. Um, there's four Gospels. And the Gospels are, I brought this because, you know, some of you guys are millennials and you wouldn't even know what this is. This is a photo album, actually. Yes, yes, good, good. Okay, you've seen one before? 
maybe as you're dusting off your mom and dad's stuff. Um, this is a photo album of my son Noah. And um, so the gospel is like a photo, photo album, okay? They're different photo albums of the same person. And, you know, if you put a photo album together and I put a photo album together, it might look a little different, right? might have different scenes in it and so on. So the first three gospels are called the synoptic gospels and they all kind of like have a lot in common. And then John comes along at the end and he's like, well, that's all great, but I wanna write a different gospel. I wanna write a spiritual gospel. I wanna write a theological gospel. I wanna write something that's gonna make you believe that Jesus is the son of God. And so he writes this book called John, and he writes this purpose right here. Verse 30 of chapter 20. This is his, I think this is the end of the book. I think he added chapter 21 later because it's like just the boom, period. Now Jesus did many other signs, keyword, in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. I couldn't write it all down, but these are written so that you may believe, again, keyword, believe, that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ. Christ means Messiah, that he's the savior of the world, the son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. What kind of life? Eternal life. He's gonna make that clear in the scripture, so that you may have eternal life. That's the purpose. Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe, he will give you eternal life. I could just summarize it right there. That's what John's trying to say. Jesus is the Son of God, and if you believe, he will give you eternal life. What a powerful book we're going to be studying over the next several weeks, months, years. It's going to take a while. I don't know how long it's going to take. Everybody say, I don't know how long. I don't either. Good. Uh, but it's going to take a while. And so year and a half, two years, whatever it's going to take, we're just going to go verse by verse. And we're going to rip the cover off the Bible and study God's word. We're going to start with this series, Simply Jesus. We're going to focus on all that really, really matters in life. Do you really get that? We're going to focus on all that really matters in life. Jesus Christ, simply Jesus, just him. And today, John does this awesome thing. It's called a prologue, right? He, he introduces the book to you in 18 verses. And it's Jesus revealed. It's like, if you've never experienced Jesus, it's Jesus revealed. He's unveiling what you might not have, never have seen before. And by God's grace, I wanna pray right now, by God's grace that some people will have their eyes unveiled today because this is Jesus revealed. Father God, I ask in Jesus' name that you open the eyes of the blind that you reveal Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as very God. And that you initiate by grace the decision of faith to believe that Jesus is everything he claims to be.
and that you give supernaturally rebirth to those who believe so that they might have eternal life. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. Amen. Amen. May it be done. All right, you ready for this? You could be my guinea pigs. I've read this so many times and it still does, I stumble all over it because this isn't the normal version I read. I'm going to read the whole thing from the NLT. This is the first Bible I've ever read and it's amazing to understand. In the beginning, the Word already existed. He was with God and He was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him, and this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent John the Baptist to tell everyone about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was only a witness to the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was going to come into the world. But although the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him when he came. Even in his own land and among his own people, he was not accepted. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. So the word became human and lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father. John pointed him out to people. He shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said, sometime or someone is coming who is far greater than I, for he existed long before I did. We have all benefited from the rich blessings he brought to us, one gracious blessing after another. I want to read that again. So I think that's really important. Sometimes we don't feel very blessed, but this verse is true. We have all benefited from the rich blessing he brought to us, one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but his only Son, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, he has told us about him. That's our food for today. And it's one of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture.
First, I think we have to answer the question, who is Jesus? If we're gonna reveal Jesus, if Jesus is gonna be revealed, okay, let's answer this question. First, who is Jesus? Everybody say who. All right, who is Jesus? That's what we're gonna answer right now. Look at verse one. In the beginning was the word, underline that, the word. The word, logos, means to speak a message. John is writing to both Jews and Greeks, Jews and Gentiles, and both of them understand this word or this term, they're familiar with it, the word or logos. The Greeks would say, this is the rational mind that ruled the universe, the divine personality. The Jews knew because they had, they were blessed, right? The Jews had the written word, only them. God didn't write it to everybody, he just wrote it to the Jews. And they had the written word, the word. In the beginning was the word, that's the first thing, the word. Jesus, who is he? He's the word, he's the message, he's the gospel. He's what you need to hear today. He is the word, the final word, the first word, the only word. That's who Jesus is. Then it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So it's gonna get very Trinitarian here. The word was with God. Okay, Ben, come on up. We're gonna be together, you and me. I'm gonna be with you. There's two of us. Funny thing is with God, there's only one. That's weird. <laughs> this, I'm with you. That, I'm having trouble understanding, but that's the Trinity. Thank you, Ben. That's the Trinity. It's hard to understand. It says Jesus, the Word, was with God. And then it goes on to say, and the word was God. Well, that's Trinitarian, isn't it? He's with him, okay? God in three manifestations. One God, three manifestations. I don't get it. Blows my mind every time I think deeply about it. But that's the truth. That's what he's saying here. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. What does that mean? He's eternal. Whose beginning was it exactly in Genesis 1, in John 1, in Colossians 1, in Hebrews 1? Whose beginning was it? It's our beginning. It's man's beginning. It's when we were created. But Jesus, he wasn't created. He was eternal. He always was and he always will be. If Trinity didn't blow your circuits, that will. I don't wanna serve a God I can like put in my little box and understand, right? There has to be some faith involved in who he is. Jesus is the word, Jesus is eternal. It's crazy. And then Jesus is creator, three. Verse three says, all things were made through him 
and without him was not anything made that was made. I love the words there, was made, in the perfect tense, meaning creation was finished when he stopped speaking. You know, there is this thing, theistic evolution. Well, God just started it and it keeps going. And right here, these two words, perfect tense, it's finished, would put that to rest, at least in my mind. You can study it for yourself. God is the creator. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the part of the Godhead who spoke and it was. I'm not going to turn over there for lack of time. I've already set up a lot of intro, but um, you should spend some time in Genesis 1 and read what God did. And then go to Colossians. I don't see anybody writing this down. Genesis 1, you're going to memorize it. I get it. You're better than I am. I wrote it down in my notes. Genesis 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1. These are all parallel passages with John 1. And you can read it and put it all together. And you could see that Jesus is clearly the creator God. Jesus spoke everything into existence. Keep going, verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He's life. This is a big word, a key word to John. 36 times he uses it more than any other, uh, not even close to any other usages in, in all of the New Testament. It can refer to physical life, and our physical life came through Jesus. But also, and more importantly, it refers to eternal life, which is given to those who believe and comes through Jesus as well. He is our very breath life, and he is spiritual, eternal life given as a gift to everyone who believes. Jesus is the word. He's eternal. He's creator. He's life. And Jesus is light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, there's going to be a lot of co compare and contrast in John between light and darkness. The light is Jesus. The darkness is Satan. The light is the truth. The darkness is a lie. And the light always pushes back darkness. Have you ever been in a dark place? If you light a match, if you pull out your iPhone and hit the flashlight button, whatever, right? The light pushes the darkness back. And the darkness cannot overcome it. And that's what he's saying. Jesus is pushing back the darkness. He's the light. He illuminates the darkness. You have any darkness? I was born in darkness. And Jesus is the answer to that problem. Jesus pushes away the darkness of my heart and soul. When I have that wicked thought, like I did again this week, when it just comes to my mind, and uncontrollably, right? It's just in me to think that way. Jesus, when I turn to him, is the one who pushes that thought and drives it away. He's the light. He's the light of my life. He's the light in my mind. He's the light of the world. All in all, who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Let's just put that up there. Jesus is God. That's who he is. 
And that's who John is explaining him to be. This is the incarnation. This is God in flesh coming down. Jesus entered into the, I wrote this down, I wanna say these things the way that these commentators wrote them because they're so powerful. So just listen closely. Incarnation, Jesus entered into a new dimension of existence through the gateway of human birth and took up his residence among human beings. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came to be with us. He dwelt with us. That word in verse 14, look down at it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt, that's, that's like pitch a tent. Temporary dwelling. Jesus came for a temporary time to die for your sins and mine, and he pitched a tent. Is there any reference to that in the Old Testament so that we could all be clear what he's talking about? Yeah, the tabernacle where God's glory dwelt. Well, keep reading. He dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. All references to Exodus 33 and 34, where God's steadfast love and faithfulness is on display. Let me just read this for you as well. Jesus the Messiah was fully God. Even in his incarnation, when he emptied himself, he did not cease to be God, but took on a genuine human nature and body and voluntarily refrained from the independent exercise of the attributes of his deity. What does that mean? If you take God, who's a spirit, we've already been over that, you can't see God. It says at the end of our, our, uh, our passage in verse 18, no one has seen God, he's invisible. There's so many passages for that, right? The spirit who's invisible, I can't get my hands around him. And in order to get your hands around him, and God knows you need to be able to touch and feel and see because we're human and we operate that way, he's like, I'll wrap myself in the body I gave you. And I'll limit myself, right, voluntarily of doing it myself. Good thing, because that didn't work so good for Adam and Eve when they put on flesh. But Jesus, when he put on flesh, was perfect, just like Adam. But instead of having his own choices and all this and, and going like, hey, I'm just gonna do whatever I want, like Adam did, he chose to submit to the other two parts of the Godhead. He, he chose to submit to the Father and was connected. We'll see that later in, in the book of John. And, and did only what the Father told him to do. Was filled with the Holy Spirit at all times. We all want that. He did it. That's what he did. So amazing that Jesus is God. Even in human form, Jesus is God. And here's what John's really saying in the book of John. I want to put it on the screen. Jesus reveals God's love for me. You need to write that down. <laughs> what, what John's really trying to say here in this passage and what John's gonna be saying all through the book of John is Jesus, he came here and he's revealing God's love for you and me. So how do I recognize Jesus? Or do I recognize Jesus? Well, really, that's a personal decision. You either do or you don't. 
Now, I did talk about the spirituality of that, that you might have blinders on. I did for a long time. I went to church all my life. And then at age 16, God, by his grace, on January 15th, 1992, removed the veil from my eyes. So that I could see what? That I was a sinner. Pornography was the thing that helped me with this. This gross sin helped me see I was a sinner in need of a Savior. If you're not a sinner, you don't need a Savior. Why would you need a Savior? I'm pretty good. I went to church. I'm, a, I'm better than most. But it was that day when my sin before my eyes, boom, revealed that I needed a Savior and that his name was Jesus Christ. Do you recognize Jesus Do I recognize Jesus? In the passage, there's things that you need to recognize. One, he is perfect. That he's fully God. He's the God man. He never sinned. That's why he could be the perfect payment for you. He is perfect. Write it down. He's perfect. Jesus is perfect. Like nobody's perfect. I I know. But, But Jesus was. That's why he could die and be the perfect payment for your sin. He never sinned. He was perfect. He's fully God. He is powerful. You look at this passage and the power in it, the word, and he spoke everything into existence and then he came and he dwelt with us in its glory. Jesus is powerful. He's full of glory. We're going to be studying seven signs that John uses from chapter two to chapter 11 to prove that Jesus is God and that he's full of glory. Come back. We're gonna keep going after it. He's full of glory. Signs and wonders, amazing things that we're still talking about. Who else in all of creation are we still talking about like we talk about Jesus? That's the positive way to think about it. Who else gets cursed out? for no reason, every time someone gets mad. And why? (laughs) Why? Because he's God and Satan hates him. (laughs) This last thing, do I recognize Jesus? Do you recognize that he is pursuing you? He's pursuing me? That's what it says here. It says he's full of grace and truth. It says, he sent John to bear witness about him. He sent messengers before him so that you would know who he was. It says, he wrote the whole Old Testament. It says, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. What's that mean, grace upon grace? It's God's grace that you're here. You're physically born and you're breathing. It's God's grace that you could get out of bed, that you weren't crippled and It's God's grace that you can eat food. It's God's grace that you can, it's God's grace. You have so many of God's graces that you have kids or whatever, that you have a job and make money. These are all God's grace to you. But it's grace upon grace. It's not just that grace. It's the spiritual grace that Jesus Christ came to save you. And if you accept that by faith, he redeems you. That's grace upon grace. It's crazy that he even created us, now he wants to recreate us. He wants to give us new birth in Christ. It's amazing that he's pursuing us. He's full of grace. He's perfect, fully God. He's powerful, full of glory, and he's pursuing me, full of grace. Now, 
Knowing who Jesus is and recognizing his purpose demands a response. Can I get an amen on that? It's like if I know who Jesus is and if I know he came for a purpose, then that demands a response. So that's the rest of the message right here it is. How should I respond to Jesus? Everybody say how. How. All right, I'm gonna tell you how you can respond, how you should respond. I'm biased, but you get to pick because that's what God gave you is a choice. That's what a loving God does. He doesn't make robots. He says, hey, I'm gonna tell you who I am. I'm gonna give you your own choice and you get to choose. I'm gonna fill in all the blanks. I'm gonna send you a love letter. If you read it, you're gonna know, but you get to pick whether it's true or not. It's your choice. How awesome of a God is that? This is not a dictator. This is a loving creator God. It's an amazing thing what God's doing for us. There's only two camps here. There's only two like really responses. You can reject Jesus or you can receive Jesus. That's it. So first, I reject Jesus pridefully. Verses 10 and 11 talk about that. Look at verse nine, I'll start there. The true light, who's that? Jesus, right? Because what was the fake light? The true light is Jesus, then the other lights are, it's John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist was a light, but not the true light. And we're all a light in this world too, but we're not the true light. We're not the one and only true light. We're all just reflecting him. Do you get that? John the Baptist was just reflecting Jesus. There's no light in and of himself. The true light, which gives light to everyone, Did you underline that in your Bible? Because I did. To everyone. This is for everyone and anyone that will take it. The true light, which gives light to not just a few people, to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. They didn't recognize him. He came to his own. The word own there means creation. What he owns. He owns it all. He came to everything he owns. Creation. You, me, everybody. And his own people, different, his own people, the Jews, which he came to, did not receive him. It's all very clear in all of scripture. We'll get there maybe next Easter the crucifixion where the Jews rejected Jesus pridefully. We have a better plan. We know what we're doing. We have our father Abraham. We have the law of Moses. I'll get there on my own. You ever tried that? You're like, yeah, I'm trying that right now. Stop. (laughs) It isn't working. John 14 verse 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's as clear as I can make it. There's one way to heaven, and it isn't your way, it's Jesus, right? 
So be careful of having your own way. He continues, he says, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Now, I was thinking about this in my office on Friday and I just, God gave me this, this illustration. He opened up my eyes. And I thought about a gift card. You see, Christmas is coming. It's always coming. And I hate the fact that people put on their list gift cards. Right? Like, give them something you want to give them. Don't, like, give them the gift card because it's on their list, right? And yet I get gift cards for Christmas. Yeah. So I went home and I scrounged through my top drawer and first 100 card was in there. And uh, it's already done, so I don't know why I still have it. And that made me think about these cards because I don't know if there's anything on them or not. And so I thought rather than trying to figure out if there's anything on them, I'd just like to give them away today. Does anybody want to have one? You do? All right, great. Flap doodles for you. I have no idea, literally no idea if there's anything on there. So the interesting thing is like a lot of people because they don't know if there's anything on here are like, I got my own plan, I got my own money, I'll just go get my own thing, right? And that's to reject a gift, right? But to receive a gift, right? So if I was like, hold on. There it is, the one for the morning, coffee. If I was to pull out this, and say, does anybody want this? Do you want to receive this? Yeah, exactly. I got hands everywhere. It's Starbucks. But what happens if I just took this off the line in Target last night and didn't load it? Would you like to find out if it's real or not? Still want it? Okay. Andy's got it. Andy, take Leah with you. All right. So here's the thing. It's awesome to receive a gift. Look at the next verse. Verse 12. What's the first word? Look down. Tell me what the first word is. It's not a hard assignment. But. So everybody's rejecting Jesus, but his own people, the Jews, are like, not him, but... This is the key to the message. To all. He came to light to everyone, give light to everyone, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, who thought that card must be loaded. Right? It's got to be loaded. Jesus, I'm just going to by faith believe that this card is loaded. Right? That it's actually going to get me in where I want to go. That it's the ticket I need to the place I want. Eternity with Jesus. What happens if Jesus never comes and loads the card? If he never dies on the cross? If he never raises from the dead? What happens? Then reject the way. But he did come. 
and he did load the gift card, right? And then he's like holding it out and you're like, I don't know, I got my own plan. I got my own money. I got my own thing. I don't like Starbucks, I like caribou. Really? It's coffee. Can you tell I don't drink it? Maybe it makes a difference to you, but really, the only difference it makes to me is do you believe that Jesus Christ loaded the gift card? Because if you don't believe that, you're not picking one up. And if you do believe that, you can't get your hand up fast enough. You're like, Get over here! There's only two ways. You can reject Jesus pridefully or you can receive him personally. You have a personal choice. You have to believe if the gift card's loaded or not. It's your choice. Nobody can choose for you, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I'm a son of God. You could be a daughter of God who was born not of blood, a lot of babies born this week in our church, nor of the will of the flesh. Why were they born? Because they decided to have kids. Nor of the will of man, but of God. Human birth is a decision two people make. And now for some reason there's like a second decision after that decision where you get to decide again. That's crazy. That's, that's nuts. You already made the decision, all right? This is a decision you make with God. And God, God's will is important in this. But God's will, let me tell it to you. He already loves you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's will is that you be saved. The only thing left is whether your will agrees with his. Do you want to be saved? So let's get to the point. Should I respond? How should I respond? I reject Jesus pridefully or I receive Jesus personally? And then this. When I receive Jesus personally, I declare him publicly, right? When I receive Jesus personally, I declare him publicly. So how do you declare him publicly? Have I declared him publicly? Have you de declared Jesus publicly? Like, yeah, I have. I came down forward in the service. I raised my hand. I stood up or I was with somebody. And I said, yeah, I believe Jesus is Lord. I maybe even got baptized to display what had happened inside of my heart. Well, here's how you can declare Jesus is Lord of your life. You can declare Jesus through, here's five things. You can declare Jesus, I wanna make it very personal and very practical today. You can declare Jesus through my decision today, right? You can make a decision today. You can say, I, I believe Jesus is Lord. If you've never made that decision or if you're not sure if you've made that decision, you're kind of like struggling with it because sin is still a problem. Of course sin is still a problem. It is the problem. It is why we do need a savior. 
can make a decision. Pull out the decision card. You're going to need it right now. I'm going to ask you by the end of this message to make a decision. So get this in hand. Two, declare Jesus through my baptism. I want to add by immersion because that's what baptism means. So when I say by my baptism, I mean by immersion. But you, because you might have grew up in a different church, which believes in sprinkling or something else, would say, no, not that. I've read the scriptures. Baptism means immersion. That's what I'm going to go with. Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by immersion. Why did he do that? He didn't need to be saved. As an example for you and me. And on March 31st, many people are going to be an example, just like Jesus, and are going to say, what happened inside of me? Death to myself and my sin, burial, resurrection, new life in Christ. That's what happened in me. Y'all didn't see it because it was spirit baptism. It was, it was in visible, so now I'm going to make it public because that's what Jesus asked me to do. And if you haven't done that, I hope the Holy Spirit right now is convicting you that you should do that because obeying God is all we're here to do. Declare Jesus through my decision to follow him, my baptism, which is another decision to make it public that I'm following him, and then by my giving. We're going to have an opportunity to give right after this message and I want to give my time, talents, and treasure to Jesus Christ. That's a way to declare that Jesus is my Lord. My checkbook declares Jesus is my Lord. The way I use my time declares Jesus is my Lord. The way I use the gifts he gave me declares Jesus is my Lord. Next, my singing. We're going to sing three songs to close the service. And this is a way that we declare Jesus is Lord. I'm sure you came in today and you're like, why are those people all fired up? Why are they pumping their fists? Why are they raising their hands? Why are they loud and obnoxious? I can hear that guy in the front row over everybody. And it doesn't sound that good. I know. It's okay. That's why we hired Brent and gave him a microphone. Because my singing, my shouting, my lighting up a room with the glory of God through words. That's a declaration that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And then last, my witness. So you're gonna see the last thing on this card. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ already, sure, you might wanna get baptized. That'd be a good decision. And then last, I will declare Jesus this week. Because what I know about who Jesus is, because I recognize that he's my Lord and Savior, because I'm receiving him by faith, personally, then I will go declare him this week and every week. Whenever he gives me opportunity to open my mouth, I will do it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from the fullness of, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God because he's spirit, invisible. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus revealed, Jesus revealed 
means that Jesus is God and he's come to pursue you. He's come with grace and truth so that you can live with him forever in eternity. So there's a decision in hand, and I think it just, whenever I'm making a decision, I wanna kinda get low. I wanna kinda get before God, so let's just bow our heads in humility to the God of the universe. Let's bow our heads. It's a good humble position to get low. God, I pray right now that you will speak to every heart, that you will open up the eyes of every person in this room for their next step with you, whether it be salvation or baptism or just now going and being a bold witness for you. Let me ask you this now. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I mean, do you believe that? Your head bowed. You're thinking just you and God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Now I'm asking you. I'm not asking if your wife believes that or your mom believes that or your brother or your friend. I'm asking you. Do you believe that Jesus is God? If you say yes, that's great. You're receiving him. Do you believe that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sin? Do you believe that he bled, that he died, that he rose from the dead, he paid your payment so that you don't have to pay for your sin? Do you believe that? I pray so. If you do, you are receiving Jesus Christ. Do you recognize that you're not ready to meet Jesus face to face unless you receive him in his grace. Do you recognize that? Because if you do, then you're declaring Jesus is Lord. And that's a personal decision between you and Christ. And it's a decision I would love for you to make public today by checking on those boxes on the card and putting it in the offering. So all I want you to do is write your name down. I want you to check the box. I received Jesus Christ personally. This is my day. Bam. Or I want to be baptized. Maybe it's both of those. Bam. Or I want to declare Jesus this week. Go do it. Be a witness like John. Because Jesus is the light of the world. And he wants to use you to bring light into a dark world. Whatever you're checking, check it and put it in the offering. Now, I want to be clear. If you're checking nothing then you're making the other decision. You're rejecting Jesus. It takes some pride to do that, to think I have a better plan than him. But I wanna be clear, if you're not filling out the card today, that's what you're saying. I'm rejecting Jesus, and there's only two choices. You either reject him pridefully, or you receive him personally. The choice is yours. Father, we love you. We're thankful that you gave us a choice. And we pray, I pray, 
that everyone in this place will choose you because you're awesome. Thanks for being the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.